Please listen carefully. And now, live from a commandeered radio tower in Nunya Business, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys stuck in the back half of a two-person horse costume, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we continue with Spooky Season. Spooky Season. And our monster of this week is Vampire. I'm trying to think of a vampire sound. I was going to make one, but it's more just a a menacing glare. Ah, 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 ah. (laughs) Oh yeah, the count. (laughs) He counts. Yeah, and he counts. Yes, vampires. After last week's werewolves. Yes, vampires, which I'm calling the uh, ninjas of horror. (laughs) I love it. Which means, what does that mean? Well, when you have an action thing and you need someone to show up to fight, it's always ninjas. True. And I think horror movies, I don't know, eight out of ten. Yeah. Vampires. Yeah. The other two being like zombies or something. Yeah, Yeah, you're (laughs) right, right, right. So vampires are kind of the... A heavy hitter in the horror world. Uh, and if you don't know what a vampire is, we're going to tell you a little bit of the lore. <laughs> but how do you, can you not know what a vampire is? And there's definitely way more about vampires out there than when I was looking up werewolves yeah, and stuff and going through that. Yeah, there's so much vampire stuff. So basically, the basic definition of a vampire, it's a creature from folklore that subsists by feeding on the vital essence of the living. The life of the pure. So yes. generally blood, generally sucking on blood, but there's also like energy vampires and (laughs) things like that. But vampiric entities have been recorded in almost all cultures. It's almost like dragons show up everywhere. Yeah. Giants show up everywhere. And vampires show up everywhere. Yeah, some sort of fairy show up all over the place. But yeah, vampires are all over the world. So we get our word vampire from an Eastern European word comes up through the Slavic etymology and but it first appeared in English in 1732 and that's when it kind of showed up in the Western world. Mm-hmm. So 1732, think about it, that's when the British Empire was rocking. So that's kind of like the world, quote unquote, as yes. far as the Western world. We know stuff's going in China. We know China has hopping vampires. And <laughs> they have their own thing going on over there. But because we live in North America, we're descendants of the Western world, so that's the world we're talking about. That's the world we're in. Yeah, yeah. I guess Austria gained control of Serbia in that the Slavic areas mm-hmm. around that time in 1718, and word got over to Britain, <laughs> the BBC of the time, whatever that was, <laughs> that people around there were like, digging up bodies and staking them. Yeah. It's because then they were saying that they were these vampires, and they're like, vampires, what's that? And it's like, they come up from the dead, and they do all these things, and if you put a stake in them, they can't do it. And they kind of took the world by storm, or the Western world. And that's the fascinating thing to me is that, like, when you go back to all these old folklore origins, it's mainly just an undead creature. It's not... When you think of, like, immediately when I think of Hollywood vampire, you think a nice suit, cool hair, you know, mm-hmm. pale and gaunt and sexy. But it's uh, the old folklore is just, it's a creature of an undead. And I was reading that part of it is it was their interpretation because 
back in that time, you weren't really familiar with the process of decomposition. Mm -hmm. And so like when bodies would come in grotesque stages of decomposition, they were like, oh, something unholy must have done this, Mm -hmm. some demon or some wild creature. And so to fill that answer, it was vampires. Yeah, because weird stuff happens. Like people's hair and nails can keep growing Mm -hmm. for a while after they're dead. And I get a little bit gross, but they can turn colors and yeah. have a disfigured appearance. And also, like, the whole feasting on blood part of mm-hmm. vampires comes because, like, they would be blood on the corpses, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. out of eyes and mouths. Ugh, creepy. The craziest thing I ever heard, since this is spooky season stuff, yes. is uh, from, and this is, like, this is real. This is from, like, morticians and stuff, that dead bodies, because of the gases, they can sit up. Yes. And make sounds. and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that no creepy but yeah that's the kind of the folklore of the vampire is a lot different than what we know the modern folklore i guess we call it the modern mythology yeah of vampires really wasn't established until like 1819 oh yeah yeah but before that most of the stuff came from the classic place that People think of with vampires like the Romania area, <laughs> where Transylvania is. Yep. And there, if you go look at the lure for Romania, it goes way back. But this is more along the lines of, it's actually closer to vampires and monsters. They have tales of blood-sucking creatures in Romanian lore that it's less about drinking blood and more being bloodthirsty for violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are creatures that are close to wolves and can shapeshift in certain stories. But it's interesting because it's it's not the usual, like, oh, if you're bitten by a vampire, you become a vampire. The Romanians went, like, even creepier and darker in their lore. It's, one, it can be a curse, just like a werewolf, but it's a curse that specifically says you shall uh, enjoy no peace. You mm. shall never rest. And so mm. that's, like, their eternal life, but it's the punishment. And then the other way is that uh, a person's soul is considered so vile that the earth spits them back out after they are buried. Oh. And that creates a vampire. So oh, crazy. N- neither earth nor heaven wants you, and so you are spit back out to roam the earth, unable to satisfy your hunger or thirst. Oh, man. That's some hardcore stuff, man. That's great lore, too, though. But then they still had the silly folklore things like... If you throw rice, then the creature is distracted because he has to count all of it and they can't really cross running water. I mean, so there's a balance there. But it is funny how like those little folklore tidbits apply to pretty much any monster or creature you can think of that those carried over to uh, vampires. And then certain ones are highlighted as we get into the literature and movies. It's interesting because the running water one is one that kind of persists sometimes to this Mm -hmm. day. And the have to be invited in thing mm-hmm. that goes from pre that's like Romanian folklore. Yep, that's that's like a vampire shows up at your door mm-hmm. as long as you don't say come in, they can't come in. Yes, that's that's kind of funny. What's interesting to me, and I had uh, I had the running water one explained to me, and it sort of translates to the rest of them. But all the the evilness of the creature like that, and all the things you do to prevent it, are like good ideals for society in general. Vampires are creatures of the night, right? Mm -hmm. Because you see things better by the light of day. And it's the uncertainty that scares you rather than life, you know? Running water, if you're near running water, uh, chances are your habitat is healthy. You have fresh water, you know? So if if you're near that to escape a vampire, you're near that to have a good life. And not being able to come in, I forget what movie specifically addressed this, but the idea of like, Say you live in a house and you invite a vampire in, but you move, right? But the vampire comes back to the new tenants. Can he still come in? Some people say yes. Some people say Mm. no. 
and it's because it's the strength of the people living in the habitat, mm-hmm. emphasizing community and family. Mm. It also protects you from vampires. I don't know. It's just cool that it's little life models in there, buried yeah. in that folklore. Yeah, and the uh, the changing to a wolf thing, good. that's interesting because that's a sometimes thing with modern vampires. Mm-hmm. But like you said, that goes all the way back to the original Romanian vampire tales. That's it, because like they knew what a wolf attack looked like, they knew what a bear attack looked like. But if they, you know, if a body came back that was beyond what they knew, they were like, "Oh, must be some other thing, some yeah. monster." <laughs> <laughs> so, as I was saying, the vampire as we know it, the charismatic, sophisticated vampire, yep, first showed up in 1819 in a publication called The Vampire with a Y. What, what's messing around with that title? It's like, here's what you're getting. <laughs> By English writer John Pilladori, which is a really Italian-sounding name for an English guy. but <laughs> He must have changed his name to get better patrons or something <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> so it was a really successful story, and it's arguably the most influential vampire work of the 19th century. That was kind of the story that came out that was kind of like the um to to put a uh kind of christmas spin on it <laughs> you know that they have the night before christmas that kind of popularized santa yes. mythology yep this is the halloween horror version of this popularized uh vampire mythology kind of like codified it. the suave vampire but it really wasn't until about 80 ish years later 78 years later that Someone got the real big hit. Yep. And it's some guy named Bram Stoker. Some some dude, yeah. yeah. And you've heard of him because his name gets invoked a lot because he created kind of the vampire of all vampires, Count Dracula. To the point where the mythology of vampire was one way before the book, and it was significantly a different thing after the book. Yes. He essentially said, nope, you get, everybody got vampires wrong. Here's how they are. Boom. Yep, and Bram Stoker's version of vampires pretty much persists to this day. Yep, with variations here and there, but only slight. It's it's like that codified it. Yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula was just like, okay, that's it. This is canon as far as vampires go. It's the Bible of vampires, and when people dress up like a vampire for years, for I don't know the past hundred years, I guess for Halloween. Yep. They were dressing like Count Dracula. <laughs> Count Dracula. <laughs> but hey, Bram Stoker was an Irishman, so he did take a little bit of lore, like the folklore we were talking about it, and put it into the story. Mm-hmm. He just also happened to ascribe those aspects of folklore to Vlad the Impaler, who was a real dude. Yeah, it's interesting. And we found out that Bram Stoker actually was like buddies with this historian. Yeah, yeah. Who just told, I don't know, they were probably sitting around drinking at the pub in Ireland. You hear tales about that, like the writer's clubs, or they'd be sitting yeah. in some, yeah, like you're saying, a pub, just having the round table while the candles burned down. Yeah. And that's how, like, Frankenstein, Mary Shelley got right. her story started. But yeah, so, you know, Bram Stoker sitting there, he knows the Irish folklore of the Deer Dug and the Oppertock, the old Gaelic weird ones, both blood-drinking monsters. So he had that growing up, but then some guys like... Oh, that reminds me of Vlad the Impaler, this old dude that put people on spikes and impaled them and left them in his wake as he was, like, trying to conquer back his homeland. And I guess Stoker was like, hmm, bloodthirsty, conqueror, suave dude, leader, general. Mm-hmm. And that's where the name comes from, too, right? Dracula? Because yes. he was technically v- Vlad the Third of Dracul, uh, and Dracula is son of Dracul. Oh, uh, man. It's great. 
I love how he just <laughs> mixed all this stuff up. And then I think there's something like Dracula itself is a, a it's Ottoman and something Ottoman version of dragon. Like, yes, that's their word for it. Dragon, like you were saying earlier, like that's how long they've been around with dragons with orcs. Vampires are part of that. Yes, a lot of you might know. I don't, have, have you actually read Bram Stoker's Dracula, the book? Uh, yes, because it was required reading, and wow. when I saw Dracula on the list, I figured, hey, this it's vampires. It's got to be cooler than you know Wuthering Heights or something. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of incorrect, but yes, I have read it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your hot take on the story? I mean, it, to me, it's it's very 1897. Yes, book. Well, absolutely, and it's all it's, it has the narrative framework that it's like written. You know, there's journal entries telling the story, so you're not actually getting a firsthand account of Dracula, which adds to the mystery. I guess they do that in the movie too, but I don't like the mysterious just lord of the manor vampire. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it's kind of like a werewolf that can transform at will, mm-hmm. you know? If you're seeing a vampire that's sort of well-to-do and isn't cursed and sort of just trying to, you know, make headway in the vampire world, mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, okay, cool. Kind of boring." <laughs> but what about you? Did you read Bram Stoker's Dracula? I did. It was so long ago. I barely remember it, and I think my memories get mixed up with the popular Keanu Reeves <laughs> Winona Ryder movie. Uh, I think as much as the book was influential, that movie was super influential, yeah. It definitely was. And that's not the... I mean, you can't even count how... I didn't even bother to look how many just versions of Dracula there are. I mean, there's a Marvel Comics Dracula series. Oh, that's right. I mean, there's just... There's so many movies, TV shows, video games. I mean... He's one of the Mount Rushmore of monsters. Absolutely. The vampire you put up there isn't like the dude from Twilight. The vampire you put up there is Count Dracula. Oh, I remember the outrage when they were like, vampires don't sparkle. Sorry, speaking of Twilight. But yes, no, absolutely. It, It was the Bram Stoker version. And then you get Gary Oldman in the movie looking the way he does. It makes sense. Like, yeah. he looks so cool. Yeah. But you were talking about how all these are based off of Bram Stoker's novel. Uh-huh. Uh, Nosferatu, like the other sort of default that people think of when it comes to vampire movies. Yes. That's probably the, that's really the first movie. Yes. Like we come off of the, the success of Dracula, then movies start happening. And one of the, I mean, this is like one of the first movies. It's oh, like, what, was it from like 19 nothing? 1922? Yes. This is like it's a silent movie. Exactly. So think about it. You came up with this new technology, movies, you know, <laughs> and you just start going, okay, we need to make stories. Yep. A vampire story is one of the first ones they do. Oh, I mean, that's crazy that that's one of the, it's prevalent enough, I guess, in collective society to be like, what monster movie can we make? Oh, everybody knows vampires. Yeah. So Nosferatu, I've seen that more than once. It's great. Mm-hmm. The Germans were making all kinds of movies back then. They were doing all kinds of cool stuff with film. Oh, angles and light. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. It's interesting how like stuff shifted because especially we're here in the United States, we have this kind of U.S.-centric view of things. Mm-hmm. But before World War II, even before World War One, but I mean, the, the main place where stuff happened wasn't Hollywood. It was like Paris oh, yeah, and, yeah. and over in Germany. Mm-hmm. They were the ones doing all the art and photography and paintings and all that stuff. And we were just over here like growing corn or something. <laughs> yeah, London had like the newsreel like action side of things. Yeah. But absolutely. Uh, what's interesting about Nosferatu, though, it, uh, we were speaking about that it's, you know, all these vampire movies are remakes of Bram Stoker's novel. 
uh, Nosferatu is actually an unauthorized version of it, like to the point where the estate for Bram Stoker almost made that movie not exist. They oh, got rid wow. of all copies, and it was almost lost to time, like the Wolfman movie we were talking oh, about last wow. week. But I think I think it was in the 90s, but four huge film nerds got together and essentially saved it from going out of existence. Oh, wow. Yeah. For, a, for one of the coolest silent movies. The music's great, and it's actually about a monster vampire, Count Orlock. It's yeah. not like it, it, we still haven't gotten to the suave, uh, you know, dashing, daring do all the... Of Count Dracula. Yeah. yeah. It's Count Orlock. Who must feed? Because he's yeah. a monster. It's great. And he's all like, didn't they, have, they put all kinds of prosthetics on that guy and mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah. Yep. He's got the really long, creepy yeah. fingers and the, like, he looks like a, kind of like Dobby the house elf. Yeah. Like, you know, he's bald. He's got the weird, grotesque ears yeah. and the brows and the sunken eyes. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's one of my favorite things I've ever seen. I mean, I haven't seen tons of silent movies, but if you're going to watch a silent movie, start with Nosferatu, I think. Absolutely. And then watch that crazy one where they launch a person into the moon and it goes in his eye. Wait, what? What is that? (laughs) You haven't seen that? No. Super early silent film. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. They go to the moon. Yes. Okay. I thought you were talking about they fired something in a vampire's eye. No, no. no. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, no, no I, I know about the Man on the Moon yeah, movie because yeah, yeah. of Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They did that. In the, yeah. They, huh. they ripped it off in the video, and I was yeah. like, that's cool. Where'd they get it from? And that, that's how I learned about that one. That's great. So, <laughs> yeah, Nosferatu was one of the early ones. I'm seeing here now that we actually did write it down. There's been over 170 versions yep. of Bram Stoker's Dracula in various forms. Nosferatu being one of them, the Keanu Reeves vehicle being yes. one of them. I'm sure there's many more, but that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Are you a fan of the Bram Stoker Dracula movie from 1992? Who's in that movie, Mikey? Winona Ryder? Yes. Oh, wait. Uh, what question was I answering? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I was an art school kid in that era. The goth thing was the thing. Yep. Winona Ryder is the queen of goth. Really? Actually, she's probably the princess of goth. The queen of goth is actually... Christina Ricci. Oh, wow. Wait, maybe oh. there's two princesses. I was going to say, I think Helena Bonham Carter is the queen oh, that, uh, yes, of goth. Yeah. But then I, then I guess there's a bunch of princesses, too. That's it. Oh, uh, princesses, for sure. Or whatever the, whatever the name is for the vampire coven that they create. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. So anyway, long story short, longer... Uh, I was art school. Goth at the time was a big. So many goth kids were my friends. I was never really goth kid. I hang around with goth kids, mm-hmm. and they I would look so normal. They said I was like the cousin in the Munsters. I got you. Which was the joke yeah. that they used to use <laughs> with me. But anyway, yes. Winona Ryder was, when I saw her in Beetlejuice, I was just the right age. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so Right but, on. But yes. That movie's great. and I, We probably need to do a reassumption of that movie because I don't think I've seen it in a minute. Okay. It'll probably be my lowest pizza slice rating. Oh, wow. Do, but I'm, I'm totally down. Foreshadowing. Yes. Because I do love me some Tom Waits and I do love me some Gary Oldman. So it is a conflicted emotions. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so like we said, there have been so many. So Dracula kind of codifies things like turn into mist uh, turn into bat. Yes. Uh, doesn't like crosses. Doesn't like holy water. Repelled by garlic. Garlic. Yep. Uh, sunlight. Yep. 
are those the big big ones the the stake in the heart thing which always made me laugh because a stake in the heart kills anybody <laughs> really but especially vampires yeah. it kills them double dead you know something really cool one of the and i can't i can't find i don't remember where this is from and when we're doing the research for this i i found something that was similar but it's not it I think it was, I don't know if it was in an RPG book, if it was in some comic book I read, okay. but I saw one of the coolest illustrations ever of, there was like a skeleton in a coffin mm-hmm. with a, in the ribs, there's a, a stake and the stake is taken out and then the mist coalesces and the ah. vampire's like, thanks buddy, I'm here to bite you in the face. Oh, it's awesome though. And it was such a cool, it was a black and white illustration and it was so cool. And it must've been a series of illustrations, which makes me think it was a comic book. But I tried to look it up on the internet, and when you put, like, skeleton, I didn't know the search terms. I ended up finding all these, like, old <laughs> Romanian skeletons that had been staked back in 1732, <laughs> like we were talking about. But I did find a sequence of panels from the Marvel Dracula comic book, no, yeah, where yeah. a similar thing happens, but it didn't look as cool. It wasn't that. But I'm guessing it's, like, a Weird Tales or a Mysterious Adventures, yeah, I don't one remember of those. what it was, but it was, it was a black and white sequential art thing of take it out, and then the coalesces, and then the vampire's alive again. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So let's talk about some of the... I'll take a tangent here and talk about some of the lore arguments, the things that went a little off from lore, and get your take on what you think. You mentioned Shimmering Vampire. Yes. So I don't know nothing about Twilight, really, other than that it was a huge deal. I didn't read the books, and I didn't watch the movies. I couldn't care. I could care... Because it didn't seem... <laughs> not in your wheelhouse at all. I have the musical taste of a 16-year-old girl, but not the film tastes. I'm pretty sure you'd still like the soundtracks, but continue. <laughs> Probably. So the is it that they don't burn up in sunlight? They twinkle? Yes. So they, they it, sunlight doesn't destroy them, but it does blow their cover. Okay. Because the people that know in the world that would hunt vampires know that, oh, if they're sparkling, that's somebody I need okay. to kill. Yeah. It's no. taking them away part of the curse. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, you against, I'm against it too because they're supposed to be creatures of the night, and the best way to keep them creatures of the night is make them burn up on the light. That's it. That's the old lore too. Like, I mean, the things you see by the light of day aren't scary. Sunlight is like pure, like silver. It should have that power. Yes. You know. Also, um, now I know this is one of your favorite shows. I know Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of your favorite shows. Yes. But one of the things that always kind of got me is that the stakes just like disintegrate vampires into dust, like into dust, (laughs) which is, I mean, I understand why they do it for the show. It's kind of like why there are robots in the prequels that they're fighting because you don't want to show them cutting people in half. Yes. But I mean, lore wise, as far as I can tell, the most accepted lore is the stake freezes them. It doesn't kill them. It just makes it so they can't do anything anymore. And then you have to like take their head off or leave them out in the sun or do something to really get rid of them. So for you vampires, if you stake them and remove the stake, they can reanimate. Yeah. Okay. Like the picture I said I saw. Yeah, absolutely. They'll even turn into a skeleton, but as long as the stake's still there. And maybe from... I mean, that's got to come from Bram Stoker's like a, like a graphic novelization of it, because I think that's a bit in the book, but... Uh, for Buffy, I think it you nailed it when it was part of the TV censors. Yeah. Like, they couldn't show blood and gore, so they had to like make them poof disappear for the kids. Yeah. 
But you can kind of justify it in that if they are undead and they are like walking corpses, mm-hmm. then removing the animating factor of them, essentially right. it's like instant decomp. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Go for it. I'm going to argue how they could have fixed it because I'm a nerd and I'm pushing my glasses up. I love it. I think they should have only let it work for slayers, like it's part of their power. Oh, they're staking them so strong that it's yeah. like, yeah. But the problem is is that, you know, Xander could do it. Yeah, she tosses him. Uh, yeah. Here's your wooden stick. Take yeah. care of it, buddy. And so. <laughs> it's like, what makes you special then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or or make some kind of special, like they they have a special Slayer stake that's made in a certain manner. I got you. Like it's got some silver core unicorn thing like Harry Potter or something in the middle of it. I don't know. I like you know it. what I'm saying? You you could justify it. That's why it never bothered me. I like the show enough. I just head canon that they were special, but then they would take the like leg of a chair from a bar and yeah. do it, and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> here's a pool cue. Stab. Yeah. No, that's funny because I I kind of feel the same way about the sunlight thing. Like I know I, I express my joy that it's you know based in folklore and stuff like that. But there's been modern takes on the whole sunlight affecting vampires things. Shout out to uh, that guy Brad, our announcer, for recommending the Joe Pitt books because. They handle sunshine in that you can get exposed to it, but it's essentially like extra UV. So it's more of a rapid like cancer mutation. Mm. Like you're boiling from the inside biologically. And I'm like, Uh. oh, that's cool. As opposed to just, oh, no, sunlight. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. I've seen it different ways, too. I've seen it like instantaneous, like they go to dust. And but then I've also seen very there's so many vampire shows. I don't even remember what. But I've also seen it where it just starts to like burn them. Yeah, yeah. Like they'll start smoking and stuff, and they have to like get out of it. <laughs> I kind of like that. It's kind of f- funny to me, like that they're like, "Oh crap! Oh crap!" There's a kind. Of, uh, they do a couple of those bits in what we do in the shadows. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. We will. So those are our like takes on some of the. Those are the only controversies I can really think of. Is there any other controversies you can think of that having them, other than twinkles and having them stop to count things? Like I get it. It's part of it. Uh, seems kind of. Have you ever seen that happen? In- show uh, or something not in a show or a movie but i mean it is in book vampires like you can distract them by it because it's like a rain man thing oh like yeah if you spill in a number of items they have to That's something about it has strange. to catalog it well the thing about rain man though is he could instantly know what it was <laughs> well so. true i'm sure that, that would sh- be really funny to do in something like a comedy thing where <laughs> someone would like do it and they'd be like what are you doing <laughs> you got to do it a few like, times you have to yeah. count them <laughs> what no, oh, I don't. Have the vampire be yeah. like, no, sorry. Uh-huh. That's, that's, <laughs> you should have snoops that. That's, that's urban myth. <laughs> and, and if it is urban legend, then I fell for it. But I, that's the silliest one out of all of it them is. every You're time right. I come across it. That is silly. I have a problem with the turning into wolf thing. I know it's old, and they're just pulling it from the old thing. Mm-hmm. But I think once, you, once you're starting to codify the lore... And you got them going into bats, which you you can tell us something about bats. <laughs> yep. And once you have them going into bats, and then that's a, that's your animal because there's already werewolves. Let the <laughs> werewolves let them be their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're confusing me. Why are you turning into a wolf? You're supposed to hate wolves. You're supposed to fight them. Anyway, I'll, I'll confuse you even more. They knew about the world. When I say they, I'm talking about the world. The world knew about vampires before they knew about vampire bats. It's crazy. I always thought it was the other way around. I know, like right? we had this creature that feasts on other creatures it was like oh we'll take that creature and we'll make a lore out of it other way around the bat was named after the vampire that's so crazy i mean another thing to blame on bram stoker is that he's the one that's responsible for all that bat imagery Mm -hmm. like i said it was the you know one version of a vampire before him and it 
completely different one after mm-hmm. him, and that's one of the things. I wonder, and that that be we, you'd have to dig in deep. We'd have to get a Bram Stoker scholar on the podcast, but I wonder if he knew about those new world discovered bats that drink blood. Oh, maybe the and timing could have worked out. He yeah, went, yeah. he went, he went. Hmm, maybe he can turn into one of those. That'd be cool. But man, that guy knew a lot. That guy. Man, those pubs back in the late nineteenth century in Ireland must have been happy. He's meeting some guy who knows all about Vlad the Impaler. What if it's the same guy though? He's like finished talking about Vlad the Impaler. You know, he takes the last sip and he's like, "Now let me tell you about these bats I saw on my travels." He's like, "What?" Yeah, I know, right? Wow, cool. that's cool though that the bat is named after vampires and not vice versa. <laughs> I would have had two dollar bet the other way around, but I was incorrect. So, who are some of your favorite versions of vampires? Some of we are we talked about the stuff we don't like. What do we? Yeah. What do we like in what, vampire? What do we like? Well, for favorite vampire for me, like all time, when I think of vampire, uh, I do think of a of a Count Dracula, but I don't think of Gary Oldman. I think old Hungarian double jointed Bela Lugosi. Oh yes. Who is responsible for when people talk like Dracula, you're yes. talking like Bella Lugosi. yes. With that lighting where they just lit his eyes. Oh, like that, yeah. I don't know how they did that. They must have put it through like a rectangle, I guess. Yeah. Probably that simple. Yeah, it's a big a big blocking thing with a, with a patch cut out of it yeah. and you film through it. But that, I mean, that was the old, because it's a black and white movie. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not silent this time like we were talking with Nosferatu. So he actually gets lines and really yeah. cool dialogue. But because and he was a new... Count Dracula. <laughs> Count Dracula. Come to me. Yes. You are feeling compelled to come to that's me. That's where we get the hypnotism that's stuff. It. And that's where we get, like I said, they put the they put the lighting. Everything else is pretty much dark. And then they put the lighting, just a rectangle around his eyes while he's like, Ooh. Yep. For me, it's also Bella Lugosi because I remember first seeing that movie poster that's like brightly, like Prismacolor hand painted. Mm-hmm. But oh, it's yeah, yeah. the ghoulish, like, Bella Lugosi's face, like almost mid snarl, and just like looking like he's gonna pounce right. on you. Right, and the only reason vampires have a widow's peak is because Bella Lugosi had a widow's peak. <laughs> but then the last caveat on why he's my favorite is because you can do a really fun double feature for you and your friends if you'd like to watch Bella Lugosi's Dracula, mm-hmm. but then follow it up with a movie called Ed Wood oh. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, Johnny Depp and also Bella Lugosi. But it's essentially a movie that talks about Ed Wood, the director, as he's mm-hmm. making Plan 9 from Out of Space. But he was friends with Bela Lugosi, and so there's all these interesting scenes where he's like, when you were Dracula, how did you do it? He's like, well, first you have to be Hungarian, and then you have to be double-jointed. He's like essentially a, a, an old, cranky old man actor at this point, uh-huh. recounting him being Dracula and how it kind of made him mad. It's just Ed Wood is a nice sort of funny button to put after Count Dracula because they relate to each other in really funny ways. Hungarian, have a widow's peak. <laughs> I have vampire traits. Wid- I have a widow's peak. There you go. And I have extended... And a pretty intense gaze. Ex- you're, you're pointing to your canine ex- for the audience, by the way. Canines. <laughs> I have extended canines and a widow's peak. There you go. What's I- your take on the taste of blood? Uh, don't listen too coppery for me. There you go. Glad to hear it. If you were like, it's delicious, I'd be like, okay, folks, that's the end of the podcast. I gotta go. <laughs> no, but what about you? Favorite vampire? Well, immediately a character popped to mind, and that's Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. Played by James Marsters. I don't know. Spike was always the vampiriest vampire of like punk rock vampire. 
Oh, yeah. his first scene in the show is him pulling up in his old caddy that he's blacked out all the windows yeah, and he doesn't see where he's driving. He's just driving and then the engine smokes and he gets out and he's like, oh, guess I'm here now. It's like, yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's, to me, they took all all the good stuff about vampires and they just distilled it. He's like vampire distillate. Yes. Concentrated vampire. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, and he was played so well by James Marsters and just... He's such a good character, you know it, because they kept bringing him back, mm-hmm. always. They'd kill him and bring him back, and then he was an angel, and uh, that's a vampire I don't like. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's what well, that was Twilight foreshadowing right there. Uh, but anyway. Tall, dark, and brooding, yes. Yeah, but no, I just, it's perfect having him, because he basically, James Marshall played him like an 80s punk rocker. Absolutely. And that's perfect. <laughs> Billy Idol is a vampire. Yes, almost. Like it's exactly. On that line. Yeah, exactly. He was great. And then I can't, I have to give a shout out to my latest favorite vampires. There's three of them. Yes. <laughs> Nandor, Laszlo, and Nadja. Laszlo. From What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, that with is the one of the just best shows I've seen in a long time. Even if it weren't about vampires, it, it'd be a great show. But it's just. It's just great. And the casting is perfect. I love all three of them so much. We're unabashed Matt Berry fans anyway, but mm. he's not even the best part of it. Mm-mm. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's just there's so much stuff. I mean, we always are like, New York City. <laughs> In this latest season, I haven't gotten through all of it, but I've been going through it and man, it's got some some hits in it. It's great. Right from episode one up until the uh, current season, yeah. Nandor dancing without his pants. Come on. And the fact that they <laughs> they honor all the tropes that we're talking about, yes. all the Bram Stoker stuff, yep. but they're poking holes in all uh, of it. I know. The energy vampire, you mentioned that at oh, the yeah, top. Yeah, he's great. Colin man. Robinson, he's you know. He's great. And it, like, it works, though. You're like, that is a kind of vampire. There's mm-hmm. a logic to it. Except he's just an internet troll, essentially, <laughs> that walks around in real life. They do like the ancestral dirt and the like sleeping yeah. in coffins and the turning into bats. And then they do the... Bat! <laughs> bat! <laughs> And then when it's not working, he falls to the ground. Oh. <laughs> and, and they even rip on the vampire hunter, Guillermo. I mean, yeah. the schlubby little guy that's helping him out turns out to be like a Van Helsing. What? Are you serious? Man, that's a whole another lane, too. Vampire Hunters is a whole spinoff lane of vampire. That's it. Lore. Another thing from Bram Stoker, I believe. Yeah, you got Van Helsing is like the OG. And then we got Buffy and all the Slayers. You know, Vampire Hunter D. Oh, the old anime, yes. Yeah. Um, Don't forget about all the silly ones, though, because yeah. there, there is a silly, like, I guess it's the, the horror comedy fan, mm-hmm. but we've had Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Slayer, <laughs> and also Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter. <laughs> what? I've never heard of that one ever. Uh, so the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. i heard Hunter, of that one. That's a book and a movie. Both are excellent. Uh, the book is a total just send-up, kind of like what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. like... What if Abraham Lincoln did know about vampires? What would he do about it? And you're like, that's probably what Honest Abe would have done. <laughs> but then the other one, Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter, uh, is totally skippable. It's a 2000, <laughs> it's, an, it's a Canadian movie from the early 2000s. I saw it as part of uh, my friend's film school. They were showing him all this weird stuff like, here's what you can do with like $80 budget. Go. You know, and this $80 is $80 Canadian. Bro. <laughs> I don't know if that's more or less now, but even not that much. The only part that was really awesome about that movie is that Jesus Christ would use the line, the power of Christ impales you. (laughs) 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 There you go. I've given you the best part of the movie. (laughs) 
Oh my god. So there was a good couple couple <laughs> months my friend group was like, the power of Christ impales you. And you poke each other, but a total like C movie, not even B movie. Oh but my goodness. It's crazy how they're like vampire hunters, they're their own thing. Yeah, Van Helsing with uh, Hugh Jackman. Ooh, oh yeah. It's a great way to use crossbow technology. <laughs> But I do have to. I do have to add one more two cents in here. I know we said favorite vampires, and I did vote for Bella Lugosi. But uh, to satisfy my grumpiness that I started earlier, in that I don't really like the the Count take the Count Dracula take on uh-huh. vampires. I don't like the well to do lord that's like, hmm, I need a new person to eat. <laughs> Not a big fan of it. I much prefer the old folklore feral monster. So favorite vampires when it comes to that sense. Have you seen Thirty Days of Night? Or have you read the graphic novel, 30 Days of Night? I have not. Now, the vampires, um, didn't tell anybody up front, but vampires, because I'm a, such a werewolf kid. Yes. Vampires aren't my favorite monster at all. I may, I, I'm kind of with you. They're kind of, so I don't really seek out a lot of vampire stuff. I mean, so I liked Buffy because it was, I was at the right, right time, right place for Buffy. Yep. And then, you know, what we do in the shadows is, like we said, even if it wasn't about vampires. There you go. It's an excellent show. But... And vampire movies and stuff, other than like Bram Stoker's, because that was right place, right time. Yep. I really don't seek them out much. Fair enough. So I know they're out. I know they're out there. I know there's lots of them. There's all the underworlds and blades and twilights. Yeah. I mean, there's that whole subset. Yeah. Uh, but I'll set you up with with a couple of them, and then because I think you'll like this, you'll appreciate this. Okay. Yeah. Let me know. Here's the setup for Thirty Days of Night that makes it authentic vampire, right? Mm-hmm. So it, the movie takes place in Barrow, Alaska who naturally, they go 30 days without any sunlight. It's nighttime for 30 days straight just because of the sun and the Mm -hmm, rotation mm -hmm, of the earth. mm -hmm. That's the perfect setup for be like, hey, if there happened to be a den of vampires Uh living in Alaska, that's 30 days like free reign. Oh, that's true. And they are bloodthirsty and they are violent and they are bloodthirsty for just destruction and not to like live and feed uh, and to make new vampires. Uh, It is a den of vampires that essentially terrorizes this... Alaskan town that's stranded out in the like desolate Arctic, mm-hmm. you know. So you got the snow backdrop, nothing going on, really no place to go. Trapped by vampires that are smart enough, but still just wild. Mm. Ooh. Uh, but it stars heartthrob Josh Hartnett, so you oh. can <laughs> tune in for him. He does a great job. But that's one of my highlights that I like to tell people when it comes to like monster vampires, as opposed yeah. to the Count. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the vampire stuff was kind of, again, like I just said, I was in art school in the 90s with all these goth kids, and Vampire the Masquerade was like the biggest thing. Yep. The game, we talked about the White Wolf publication werewolf version, which I like the lore of that. And I don't not like the lore of Vampire the Masquerade. It's fine. As a role-playing game, it's a lot of fun to play, Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it. But the LARPing version of it got out of hand in the 90s. In my opinion, <laughs> it was kind of insane. And I'm sitting here as a, like a role-playing nerd worried about the game mechanics and everyone else pretty much just wanted to cosplay as vampires. Yeah, because it's, it's way more role-play than it is like fighting and battles and it crunchiness. Is, and then like they, so the originally, the <laughs> here's the, remember this is a nerd podcast, everybody. This is what you paid for. You didn't pay anything, but the the... The original mechanics is that you had, like, cards, playing cards. Okay. And you'd throw those out to, like, fight and stuff and figure out skills and 
things like that. Gotcha. And it was like high card. Yeah. And it was kind of cool because vampires tooling around with a deck of cards. I don't know. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. But then they changed it and everyone went with it to rock, paper, scissors, which is the <laughs> dumbest thing in the world to me. We talked about this way long ago. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Rocks, paper, scissors. That is so dumb. It's so silly. And, and then I, someone was arguing with me at a convention we were at that they prefer rock, paper, scissors over the cards for some. And I was just like, no. I'm just picturing just, Gary Oldman going, okay, one, two, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> if you just want to cosplay as a vampire and hang out in a club pretending you're a vampire, just do that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I have to say. <laughs> yeah, the Vampire the Masquerade always strike me the same sort of people that were fans of Interview with the Vampire and the Anne Rice lane yeah, of vampires. I yes. never got into it, you know, because yes. when I tried, it wasn't really for me, but... I can see where it ties over with that. Yes, I went to see the interview with a vampire movie. That had to have been like 95? It, yeah. It was when I was in college because I remember going with all my goth friends and it was, they all dressed up. And that's, that's really where I looked like. Marion, was that, was that her name? What's the name of the cousin in Monsters? Yeah, Marion, yeah. Yeah, that, that's where I really looked like her. Um, the uh, normie surrounded yes. by <laughs> ascots and dickies. Yeah. <laughs> It was a scene. I got you. Um, but they were all into that. Boy, they were into that. And that was huge for vampires yeah. as well, just for the fact that it had Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, yeah. and a young... Uh, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. As angry child vampire. Yeah. Baby Kirsten Dunst. Uh, one more two sentences, just because we talked about kid vampires. Mm -hmm. Elaine, I can totally get behind. Yeah. Uh, there's a Swedish movie called Let the Right One In. Yeah. And it deals with a child vampire who befriends a human boy. And it's so weird and Swedish and <laughs> does, it's like, un, it's unsettling and engaging just like an, I'd imagine a vampire would be. But that's, that's my final vampire recommendation is let the right one in because that's a slow burn and it's nice and creepy. Wow. And takes place in the frosty north like the other one I recommended. Oh, I wonder geez. if I have a preference for icy oh, vampires. Icy vampires. <laughs> Mikey likes his vampires on ice. Cold. You can't get away. Cold vampires. Oh, man. That's great. My my biggest recommendation is what we've talked about already, what we do in the shadows. If you're not watching that, what are you doing? Oh, seriously. Hey, and today I learned that what we do in the shadows, the, the song they play at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that? You're that's, dead. You're dead. Yeah. You're out of this world. That song's from like 1967. It really? has nothing to do with the show originally. Uh, it sounds like it was made you know, for it. some like folk song from the 60s. Wow. Right? Taika Watiti, what are you doing? Oh, that you just gave me a new lane to go down because if folklore for vampires is that old, I wonder what like the oldest song about vampires is. Oh, wow. It has to be for like recorded music, obviously. But yeah, interesting. Mm. If that song is that old for what we do in the shadows, yeah, I, I, that's an intro I don't skip because I love that song. No, I know, right? I'm glad they actually have a. Most shows don't have songs anymore. That's true. Bad Batch had the shortest title card ever. It was just <laughs> womp. It done. said skip on it. <laughs> We, I'm pretty sure this is a repeated point on this podcast, but bring back the theme song for a show. Yes. Even if, especially one that's like thematic about like the characters or mm -hmm. what's going on. Love all of that. Yes. So that's our talk on vampires. Ah, 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 ah. Before we go, we'll do our honorable mentions. Do we have any honorable mentions? Like we said earlier, The Count. Yes, from, the, from Sesame, Sesame Street. Sesame Street. 
He's a great vampire. <laughs> uh, Willem Dafoe, you were in a movie called Shadow of the Vampire. Uh, shout out to you. You better, you played a better Orlock than the 1922 version. Oh, Hot yeah. take. Well, Willem Dafoe, he kind of looks like that already. <laughs> exactly. They didn't give him any makeup. They just, hey, can you show up at uh, nighttime? We're going to be shooting. And then, uh, <laughs> one final shout out because we're talking about Buffy and we talked about Teen Wolf last time. I totally, like I was kind of bummed because I was like, there's not a teen, you know, horror comedy like a Teen Wolf for vampires. And I was like, I am wrong. There is one. And it's Once Bitten, Jim Carrey's yes. first movie. Yes, I've seen that movie. Who, he's essentially a, a, he's a, a high school virgin trying to escape a female countess that has to drink right. virgin blood to right. keep going as a vampire. They had a string of movies like that. Like they had Love at First Bite with George Hamilton. Yes, yeah. And then the Leslie Nielsen one. Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They, oh, there's one I'll have to go back and watch is the Leslie Nielsen because that's, you know, that precedes what we do in the shadows, but yeah. that'd be a nice double feature. That would be. We have to go back and watch that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only thing I remember about that movie is assistance out the window and Leslie Nielsen, as Dracula is getting ready to jump, he's like, I got you, I got you. <laughs> and then he falls right next to him. He's like, I don't got you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We want you to tell us who your favorite vampires are. Yes. Do you like vampires that sparkle? Do you like the yes. suited up, you know, Count Dracula type? Or are you more of a wild man like myself? Yes. Do you think I'm just the worst nerd for not being into Vampire the Masquerade? Let us know. No, wolves are totally cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can hit us up at all our social media sites at Assuming Pod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So it's not all of them, but. Well, mostly Instagram, because that's pictures. <laughs> you can also send us a Gmail, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Dot com. Every week I ask Mikey, I put him on the spot and say, how would you like the Gmail formatted? Hmm, I don't know if a bat is big enough to carry a letter. So it can't be delivered by bat. Um, How would Dracula... Dracula would just it'd be more telepathy, but I've already chosen telepathy. Um, He's, he'd invite you to his mansion. There you go. It has to be an, inv an invitation, right? That's true. Come visit me. I have a uh, have a proposition for you. Do you like eternal life? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, send us a missive inviting us to your uh, totally normal, totally you know above board creepy castle that has no lighting that's out in the Transylvania wilderness <laughs> for sure. And put an opinion in there too. <laughs> uh. We want to thank you guys so much for listening. We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for announcing Not Scott Productions for Equipment, Jazz Our Free Music, and we hope you have another spooky week. Pull ah. the string. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> that was my lightning impression. <laughs> thunder and Thunder, lightning. thunder. You can't make lightning sounds. <laughs> <laughs> lightning, lightning. Spooky season, spooky season. Oh. Ah, 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 ah. Vampires.
Dracula. Dracula. In five. Well, he said the vampire. The count. Yeah. In five. <laughs> in five. Like how you do how you do the count? Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. Uh. Five, ah, uh, uh, five, ah, uh, 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 four, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, three, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, two, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sumi. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I didn't make a sound, but that was great. I know where that's going, though.